Hi, and welcome to Follow's weekly message podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message inspires you and helps you to follow Jesus in your community for His glory. Here's the message. Well, for today's Bible reading, there are a number of different Bible readings, so I'll read them one at a time. And the first one today is from Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Second reading comes from Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. The next one is from Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. And finally today, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4. says, Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Good morning, church. I hope uh, you've had a great week and uh, a great break uh, wherever you are and enjoying these holiday times. Um, my name is Vijay Ramali, and I'm one of the new elders in the church, and I'm uh, happy to bring the word of the Lord for you this morning. Um, my first indelible memory of fear goes back when I was about six or seven years old, and uh, as a six and seven-year-old, trying to uh, look for adventure in life. Um, And uh, uh, that's the stage of life where you want to have the adventure, but not sure if you can have it all alone. So you need somebody to guide you and uh, help you in your ways uh, of discovering life. I was about six or seven years old, as I said, and I was uh, visiting my grandmother, uh, a ritualistic thing that we did every summer holidays. Uh, where the cousins from my mum's side got together and uh, we just spent holidays doing things, uh, what six and seven-year-olds or uh, different kids at different ages do. Um, um, One of those days when uh, I wanted to have a little bit more fun and my mum had asked my elder brother uh, to go to the shops and uh, shops are a big attraction for a six and seven-year-old. I'm sure you have seen children uh, at shopping centres with their eyes darting everywhere whenever they hit the shops. Um, and I was uh, very keen, but my brother was keen on not having me around because it meant responsibility and he wanted to have fun. Um, sure enough, uh, my cousin, who is uh, of similar age as my brother and he, they decided to teach me a lesson to try and spoil their fun. So they actually took me to the shops um, and I kind of ran behind them because they wanted to lose me. Um, and I was, uh, as in the shops, uh, as a six-year-old, I just kept looking at things, beautiful things in the shop. And uh, sure enough, uh, my, my, my lovely brother decided to teach me a lesson and leave me at the shops and go back home. And uh, a six and seven-year-old Uh, generally doesn't find his way easily. And I was lost. And uh, it was a miserable experience, uh, an experience that scarred me for quite a bit of my life. Uh, And obviously, uh, thanks to God that um, I have received his grace to forget everything about that fear and the experience, the negative fears related to that fear. Now, when the Bible talks about fear, uh, and the, the verses that we read this morning, Proverbs 9, 10, Proverbs 19, 23, and Proverbs 16, 6, and 22, 4, and the many, many verses that are there, which are linked to the fear, the word fear, and in the context of the fear of the Lord, is actually very different from the fear that I experienced. Um, the fear can be as real as the chair you're sitting on today. And 2020 was a year 
that was full of fear and uncertainty. Um, I think uh, that fear has kind of uh, stayed with the governments and the people likewise even now. And uh, it is clearly evident that a lot of talk in the media and in your social circles are still about uncertainties, what's going to happen. And there's a fear that's an unhealthy fear. Fear is one of the strongest emotions that people experience and is commonly used to gain power and control. You know, history is peppered with, with uh, dictators who have basically went and controlled people and nations by just uh, sowing that fear in people so that they could be totally in control with them. Um, like it or not, fear is also an emotion that people make money uh, using that emotion. You know, one of the most common terms you hear in, in, in TVs and all the sales that go on, it says, you know, um, this deal won't last. Get it before it runs out, you know. And, and that fear is called the fear of missing out. You know, there's effectively, if you think about fear, there's only one fear that any person cannot escape is the fear of death. But, you know, the, the medical journal calls out more than 100 different fears which medical practitioners have to deal with when they, with, they deal with phobias, as they call it. You know, the, the term sounds very, um, very nice, a phobia, but it's basically an unhealthy fear. Um, it's an irrational fear. That's what they call it. Um, last week, um, while I was driving to uh, one of my appointments, I uh, switched on my radio and listened to a very popular talkback station. Um, and in that uh, in, in that show uh, at that time of the day, uh, the, the host had called in um, a specialist or a, a person who deals with fears. And uh, apparently there's a, a new fear um, on the horizon and it's called uh, nomophobia. Um, and it is, uh, it's very funny, but um, nomo actually means no mobile phobia, which means uh, fear of not having the mobile phone next to you. Um, I can assure you, I have seen uh, literally this uh, this nomophobia or uh, a behavior that relates to nomophobia in my own family and some of my my nieces uh, who hold on to um, phones as if for dear life. <laughs> but uh, it is a real thing, um, and it's one of those fears that uh, you know brings insecurity for us. I I, I believe that. Um, um, the word fear um, in the English language has a severe limitation. Um, um, I just, just like the word love uh, in uh, Greek has 12 different uh, forms of expression, um, the word love really doesn't do justice. Similarly, fear uh, in its literal sense in English is actually misrepresented uh, in the translations that we see in the Bible. Um, one of the easiest way to, uh, to understand this is that uh, when Proverbs 9.10 talks about the fear of the Lord as the beginning of wisdom, it's probably a good thing uh, because wisdom is good. But on the same uh, token, if you look at 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of boldness and of sound mind. 
So the word fear seems to contradict in these two verses. But if you really want to understand the word fear in the right context, you need to look at the language of the times in which the Bible was written. And the word fear in Hebrew is actually different from the word fear that English language describes in its, um, in its barest form, if I may say. The word fear in, in Hebrew is uh, a term called ira. Ira is uh, a reverential fear, and within the reverential fear, there are three different levels. Uh, the first level is Yirat uh, Haonesh, a mouthful of words, but uh, all of these words really make sense uh, in the light of what God is trying to convey through his word. Um, Yirat Haonesh is the fear of unpleasantness. Yirat uh, Hamalkut is the fear of punishment or con- consequence. It's, it's still healthy, but it's, it's uh, a consequence-based punishment. And the final fear, which is the highest and the most precious form of fear, is the reverent fear. Yirat Haramomunath. Uh, it's a mouthful of words, as I said to you before, but it is uh, a fear that is really good to have. You know, the word awe or awesome um, is so loosely used in our society that it begs to question the validity of the context uh, of that word being used. The, the, the reverential fear that the Bible talks about uh, is the reverent fear, the awe of the exalted one. And that is what is the true reflection of that word awe or awesomeness. So I, I, I find that I'm also sometimes drawn into that, that very um, unhealthy habit of joining people in exaggerating and superlatives that kind of take away the, the joy of using that word awesome in the right context. I have a friend in America who is always saying, that's awesome, that's awesome, that's awesome. And I, I just, I have been challenged to think again is, what do I want to reserve that word awesomeness or awesome to? And I believe the true uh, representation of awesomeness and awesome is God himself. You know, the, the earliest forms of uh, reaction to the presence of God was basically falling prostrate and just off face down, you know, flat down. And, and that was one of the, the most common expressions that we see in the Bible that um, people experienced or uh, responded with in the presence of God. And I think that is a reflection of the reverent fear and the awesomeness of God that causes us to do that. You know, um, this may not work in a human context. You know, if you think of, um, uh, you know, uh, leaders, people still do it when you have big leaders or really powerful, charismatic leaders uh, turn up in, a, in an event, people generally fall down um, and kind of hero worship them. But uh, in a modern context, that is really misplaced. Uh, and and it's, uh, uh, it's a bit of an uh, unpleasant sight for us to have uh, people falling in f- face down in front of people. Um, the reverent fear of the Lord is the one fear that the society needs today. You know, and it is more so needed in the church because we are the body of Christ, a representation of God's kingdom on this earth. You know, once a wise man said, um, "The every road has got two ditches, and one on either side. And uh, if we are on this journey, the road, which is narrow, 
and the gates are narrow and the road is narrow, uh, the, the, the road to life, as uh, the Bible describes in uh, Matthew 7, 7, 14. And if you look at this as a road, uh, our life, our walk in Christ, it also has two ditches. And um, I like the, the analogy presented by John Bevere, um, and he says it's very interesting. The church today faces two ditches. Uh, one of the ditches is called legalism, and the other is called lawlessness, and which is basically fleshly, worldly lifestyle. Um, and I think he puts it very nicely, and he says that to keep to the center of the road, which is the most efficient way to travel, by the way, uh, is to avoid the ditches. And the best way to avoid the ditch of legalism is to understand the love of God. And the other way, the other ditch, which is the ditch of lawlessness, is to be avoided only by the fear of the Lord. And today, I can, I can I think you will agree with me that the lawlessness or the misrepresentation of God's holiness and grace is one of the challenge for the church to address. And this is a growing challenge. Um, one of the ways to avoid this ditch of lawlessness is to really acknowledge a reverent fear for the Lord and to avoid the, 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 the traps that the enemy is setting for the church and its people to go into a lawless phase. Just because you've been saved, your grace of God is good, you can do everything. And that is what can be prevented by the reverent fear of God. You know, the Bible says that we are ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says that we are ambassadors for Christ and we represent his character in this world. You know, the prophecies of Jesus in, in Isaiah, it clearly represents that Jesus delighted in the fear of the Lord. You know, it says, I'll just read this passage for you. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 to 3, it says, A shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Isaiah 33, verse 5 and 6 also says, The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with his justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. I would like to have this key. It's an amazing key to have. You know, if Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith and we are co-heirs with him in his kingdom and his ambassadors, as the Bible says, we definitely need to have the reverent fear of the Lord in our lives. You know, when God describes something for us in his word, I believe we need to pay attention as there are some sure shot benefits. You know, when I go to the medical store to look for health supplements, I look at the label and says, oh, what is this going to do for me? Uh, I look at vitamin D and says, oh, it'll help me absorb calcium. Vitamin C will give me immunity. Great, I'm going to have that. And just like that, when God prescribes something in his word, there are some benefits attached with it. You know, um, and I'd, I'd, there are so many benefits of the fear of the Lord. But I'd like to just 
just cover five of them today. And maybe if time and uh, permits and you have more interest, you can go into the Word of God and just go through many benefits of the reverent fear of the Lord. The first one is the friendship with God. You know, if you have the reverent fear of God, He becomes your friend. You know, Psalm 25, 14 says, The friendship of Jehovah is with them that fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. Some of the other versions says, God confides with those who fear Him. One of the biggest examples of friendship of God is Abraham. Abraham was such a good friend to God that God had to tell him what he was doing before he did. And Abraham kind of kind of wheeled and dealed with him and say, God, please don't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. If you can find five, ten, hundred, oh, he went down one down. He really bargained with God. And I think that was an amazing thing. You can only do with God if you were a friend of God. You know. I can tell you, if you're a friend of God, you're in the right place. Because the Bible says in Romans 8.31, if God is for you, who can be against you? You know, it's a good good friend to have God, I can tell you that. Um, you know, we live, uh, many of us work in the corporate world, and there's a famous saying, you know, it's not what you know that matters, it's who you know that really counts. Having God on our side really settles some challenges for us, I can tell you. The second benefit, obviously, as we read in various scripture passages, is the beginning of wisdom. It is the, the start of wisdom. Um, I think it's a, a fantastic place uh, to receive that kind of benefit, to, to have that fear of God. Uh, wisdom is truly a precious commodity. You know, um, It's interesting when Solomon was asked, um, God asked him, what do you choose? Would you like riches or do you like wisdom? And God, Solomon chose wisdom, and guess what? He was eventually he people paid to just have time with him, and um, you know it's it really is a reflection of uh, today's uh, value systems too. Consultants are paid a lot because everybody's looking for a good answer. Uh, nothing's changed, so wisdom really is. Uh, the, the the best way to to live a life, you know, a wise life. Um, the third benefit, it says very clearly in Proverbs 14, 27, that it's a fountain of life. And it, it's basically a fountain is a reflection of abundant life. I don't think we see fountains that are trickling. Uh, fountains are usually associated with gush of water. So if you want to live an abundant life, um, you know, fear the Lord. And so that's the, the simple uh, outcome of this uh, discussion here. Um, Proverbs 19.23 also adds something to this. It says, it's, if you have the fear of the Lord, you will be content and be untouched by trouble. So that means you will avoid evil if you have the fear of the Lord, which leads you to abundant life. Um, and I, I just, um, uh, the reverend of God, you know, it really puts priorities of uh, our life in order. Um, and, uh, and somebody said, if you have your right priorities, uh, usually you live a balanced life and you are healthy and you generally uh, have a satisfying life. So uh, I think it's a, it's a good tip for us there. Uh, the fourth benefit that I'd like to bring is, is a, a quite obvious one. Proverbs 22 verse 4 says, riches, honor, and long life are associated with humility and the fear of the Lord. You know, it is a general sequence for a common man in this world to go for riches. You know, everybody works hard. They want to make money. And then when they make lots of money, um, they either start charities or they start getting affiliated with political parties and they donate money. Um, both ways, they're looking for honor. They're looking for recognition. So riches, progressing to honor. And then once they've received the honor, 
it's a nice place to be. So you want to live it, live this life, so a long life. So it's a general sequence for humanity, uh, generally speaking. I won't say there are exceptions, but generally you have examples like Bill Gates and politicians and all those guys who, uh, you know, follow that sequence. Um, the fifth and the most important benefit, in my opinion, is that the reverent fear of the Lord invites the presence of the God, presence of God. And it says in Psalm 89, 7, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. And I, all it means, this means, is that God will turn up amongst people every time there is reverence for him. It's an amazing promise, you know. It's an amazing promise. Um, you know, all these benefits are available only condition, we need to fear the Lord, the reverent fear of the Lord. Many times people look for a quick uh, way to get some benefits, and I can tell you, to receive these benefits, um, all you need to have is the reverent fear of the Lord. And uh, um, very interestingly, uh, people go about trying to receive God's uh, the benefits that God says using some shortcuts and a few things which are not really healthy. A very interesting example is in the book of Acts, uh, Paul was doing miracles and uh, uh, some of the disciples were doing miracles. And uh, as this man came up and said, I want to have that power. I want to buy it. Uh, Sure enough, he got into trouble. Um, Fortunately, the fear of the Lord is teachable. The Bible says, Psalm 34, 11 Come, my children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. God is willing to teach us how to fear him, how to revere him, to venerate him. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting thing that God desires. Um, in the book of Second Chronicles, verse 26, there's a king, a, a 16-year-old king who comes to power. And, uh, you know, um, there's a very clear evidence that he was imparted the reverent fear of God by Zechariah, who was the prophet at that time. A 16-year-old king went on to become a very powerful king, and the condition was as long as he sought the Lord. So there's a little bit of hint there that as long as he sought the Lord, he gained the the, the, the benefits of uh, wisdom and the reverence of God. Um, seeking God and drawing near to him leads to this reverential fear of the Lord. James 4.8 says that draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Um, you know, it's a very clear uh, um, message from God that if you draw close to him, you understand the awesomeness of God. And as an automatic reaction, there is a reverence of God that then that leads to all these benefits that I talk to. The Bible says in Psalm 147, verse 10 and 11, it says, His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. You know, there is a a unique character in the Bible, um, uh, a character that most of us know, Moses, um, considered to be the most humble man on the face of the earth. The Bible records that in Numbers. In Psalm 103, 7, there's a very unique uh, description of this man, and it says, He made his ways known to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. You know, it's a very interesting um, 
comparison that the word of God draws between the Israelites and their leader, Moses. Moses knew the ways of the Lord. Israelites only knew the deeds of the Lord. You know, there is a story that's a very sad story, but it is a story that we really need to take some very good lessons out of. It's in Exodus chapters 19 and 20. Uh, early part of Exodus chapter 19, God comes to Moses and tells him, you know, get the Israelites ready. I want to meet with them. I want to speak with them directly. Bring them to the mountain. The story goes on and Moses approaches the mountain and guess what? The Israelites decide, you know, mate, you go. We're going to stay back here. You go listen. We're too scared to come into the presence of God. It was such a sad reflection. A God who had worked such wonderful miracles wanted to speak with them directly. They had experienced the promiser. They could have experienced the promiser rather than just the promises that he was going to give them. You know, it is a sad reflection, but it is a reflection of some of the representation of God's kingdom today. You know, um, 2020 has gone, but there's a lot of scars um, that have been left behind. A lot of people, uh, when 2020 started, they said, oh, we've got to have a 2020 vision. You know, a 2020 vision is a very interesting term used, uh, you know, very loosely, uh, but it is a, a vision that is clear when you stand 20 feet away from the object you're looking at, you know. I hope that 2021 will be more like Exodus 2021. You know, Exodus 2021 says very clearly that Moses draw nears to the mountain, draws near to the mountain, and the Israelites stay away from the mountain. And I, I believe that there is a, a bit of a, a, a unique connection in these numbers. You know, uh, 2020 is not really a very... Uh, uh, a true reflection of what, uh, what we expected and how we wanted to live life. But I think 2021 can be like Exodus, Exodus 2021. We can draw near to God, draw near to Him, and I think that'll be the best place for us to be. You know, out of the top benefits, the top five benefits, I think the one benefit that we can cash in in 2021 is to enjoy and experience His presence in a greater measure. And I, I just feel so strongly in my heart to, to uh, ask you to join me in this prayer. And let this be a prayer for this church and for every person who believes, um, who, who claims to be a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. That we will truly understand His presence, will draw close to His presence. And that can only come when we have this reverential fear of the Lord. Can we close our eyes and have a quick word of prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are so grateful to you that we have access into your presence because of the work that's been done on the cross. The sin that separated us from you has been atoned for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have the freedom to approach the Holy of Holies. Father, we thank you that your word encourages us. And there are so many benefits associated to the fear of the Lord. I pray, Lord, that Follow Church in 2021 will choose to draw near, to experience 
your presence. And that will come from a reverential fear that really puts you in right stead in terms of the awe that we have for you. So, Father, bless this year. May this year be a year of understanding your ways and acknowledging you in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for our weekly message. If you live in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne, we'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service. All the information can be found on our website, follow.church. You can also follow us on social media at Follow Baptist Church. 